If you would open your Bible to Isaiah 55. We will be there again today. So I, I have this as a question to ask, but don't feel like you have to raise your hand to answer. In fact, I'm going to assume for most of us the answer is yes. Uh, the question is, do you ever feel insecure about sharing God's word with someone? <laughs> and, and if you don't feel insecure about sharing, I don't have my table. <laughs> uh, I'm not throwing it on the empty tomb because I feared the Lord. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, if you don't feel insecure, there's either one of two, two reasons. One is that you share it so often that you're comfortable with it. The other is that you never share it, and so it's not a problem. Uh, but I can, I mean, and when, we, when you hear me say words, share the Lord with someone, chances are you're thinking about evangelism, but it could be any other context. You know, because you could be talking about money. The Bible has an awful lot to say about money. And, and there's a lot of wisdom in Scripture about money. And, and it actually, I think, adds authority to say, well, you know, the Bible, here's what the Bible says about money. And, and, and whether someone believes you or not, they're in, in, hearing what you say. Child discipline, right? Uh, true or false, the Bible uh, speaks against uh, corporal punishment. Better say false, because it's really strong on corporal punishment. Uh, and and uh, uh, yeah, the, the Bible says things like that. And it has opinions, or you know, opinion is too strong a word, or too weak a word when we say it's coming from God. Uh, whether anything is wrong or right. And, and so we have insecurity when we talk about what the Bible talks about these things. And it can have a lot of sources, but, but at least one of those sources is wrong. You should not have this as a source for insecurity. Uh, because... Here's, here's what happens with me is I am insecure about sharing my opinion because it's only my opinion. And sometimes if I speak what the Bible says, I feel like I'm only sharing my opinion. And you can't be farther from wrong about that because it's what the Bible actually says. And your opinion, you just happen to agree with what is right and true when you agree with what the Bible has to say. It is not your opinion you are sharing at that point, but the Word of God. It is powerful. It is always right. And God promises, this is the, this is the key thing about this, God promises that it will be effective. He promises His Word will be effective. When you share God's Word in any context with anyone, you can do so with confidence. And so we're going to look at today's passage. We're going to see a connection between God's words and His thoughts. We'll look at the God's promise that His words will be effective. will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. So God compares His Word uh, going out into the world with rain coming down from heaven. Okay, he says it will be effective. Now, God's word, this, this book I'm talking about right here, uh, God's word, like God's thoughts, are beyond us. And in some ways, it reads like any other book. You know, it uses letters that, that are built into words, that are built into sentences, that are used into paragraphs and chapters and books. It has context. It has all those kinds of things. The writer is conveying his thoughts through writing. And in that way, it's like every other book. But this book speaks like no other book. There is no other book like it, although people try to pr propose others as being God's Word or equivalent or God, holy books. It speaks like no other book. It has power. It has authority. It has truth. And no other book has it like that. And more than that, this book has life. 
These are the words of life. This is not a book from man. It is a book from God, and it is beyond us. And I want to show you a connection between where we were last week and where we are tonight or today. Because today it says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth. Right? That's what we read today. Remember what we read last week, verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Right? We, we talked about how God is beyond us. We cannot fathom Him. But after talking about His, uh, that His ways are as high above us as the heaven are from the earth, He says, And as the rains come down from the heavens and water the earth, so is my word that will not return void. And we find God's word comes down to us. God's thoughts, God's uh, plans, God's power comes down to us through, through, through His Word, uh, and, and it, it t- takes effect. He says, so will be my Word. As the heavens are higher than the earth, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, so will be my Word, right? And His Word comes down like that. And, it, and it's an amazing picture, and it's so simple. It's so simple, and it's so amazing and profound at the same time. God's thoughts are beyond us. It's, it's like looking up at the clouds, and knowing those clouds can contain moisture, but how do you get it, right? And people have tried through the eons to, to find ways to coax that rain out of the clouds, right? And so you have everything from the, the dance with the drums to the, to, to the shooting, you know, salt pellets up at the clouds, to, you know, seeding the clouds to make them rain. And, and you know, from, from, from superstition to science, to coax that water out of those clouds to get it to rain. How do we get those thoughts? How do we get them from God to us? And as God sends the rain, so he sends his word. And as the rain produces life and has effect, so his words produce light, life and have effect. Little early application before we go farther. When, if God's word descends like rain, right? If it's like rain coming down from the heavens, I want to give you a, a piece of advice. Get wet, right? Get wet. Get into God's word and get wet, right? Do you want a little blessing? Get water, right? Uh, he, he, sends them to, uh, he sends them to us. He produces uh, growth. Uh, come to church occasionally and listen to a sermon. Of course, I'm saying this to people who come to church, except for you, you Facebook people. <laughs> Poor Robert, standing, sitting right direct line behind the camera. <laughs> come to church and get wet. You know, get, do do this. It's it's it's. You know, for some people, coming to church isn't. If it, the doors are open, I'm going to be there. And for other people, it's not quite so consistent. Come to church, listen to a sermon, have a Bible in your house. Uh, you know, put it, take, here's what you do. You take a Bible, you get one of those things, you put it up on the wall, and, and in an emergency, you break the glass and take it out. Right? Yeah, okay. Good advice? No, terrible advice. <laughs> terrible advice. Have your, have your Bible where it doesn't need to be dusted. Right? What kind of thing doesn't need to be dusted? The one that gets moved all the time. Right? It doesn't need to be dusted because it's in use all the time. Uh, he has this thing for us. It's right available. Uh, do, do you want a lot of blessing? Right? Oh, you want a lot of blessing? Get a lot of water. You, you, the funny thing is, is you are in control of this. You are in control of this. Meditate on God's word. Soak in God's word, right? Don't get in, take a quick shower and hop out, right? That's enough to get the stink off you, right? But, but it's not enough to make your skin so fresh and, you know, girly, whatever that is. Uh, meditate on God's word. Soak in it. Get, get, dwell on it. 
Don't let it go down the drain until you're good and done with it, until you've got what you can out of it. This is not an idea that's isolated to Isaiah. In fact, let's turn to the very first psalm for a minute, Psalm 1. It's just this tremendous picture, uh, and it's, it's, it's using water. It's not using rain, but it's using water. And, and, and he gives us this contrast between the, what we're not supposed to do and what we are supposed to do. And, and when we, you know, it says, blessed is the person who, okay? Let's, for the, for, for, for the purpose of what I'm doing, as this isn't what it says, but allow me to do this, take the word person and replace it with believer. Replace it with Christian. Because here's what Christians do too, far too often, is they, they sit in the way of the wicked, or the, the counsel of the wicked, and stand in the path of sinners, and sit in the seat of scoffers. And they're Christians, they believe, they, they, they've got Jesus Christ, they've, they've got him you know, behind the glass, ready to you know, be reached in an emergency, but that's all they have of Jesus, and they're sitting in all the wrong places, and they're listening to all the wrong things, and they're hanging out with all the wrong people, and they're, they're, their life is incorporated in all the wrong things. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like, he will be like what? A tree planted by streams of water, right? Constantly watered, always in touch with the source of water. So it's, you know, it's not rain, but it's water, and it's this consistent picture. And it's a picture of meditation, being in the Word, thinking about the Word, being close to the water that feeds, that nourishes. Uh, it's like water for your souls, and God has given us His Word, and people are drying out. Right? There's a whole bunch of dead sticks that you can't tell if it's a dead stick or it's actually if it got a little water, it would start sprouting. Right? We're at that time of year, you know, where, where you, you don't prune your trees yet. Give them two more weeks and see <laughs> because those, that, those branches that look dead now will be sprouting uh, in two weeks or if they haven't already started. Uh, and we can't tell. And as believers, we should not be some, something that someone looks at and they can't tell. But if we are not in God's Word, if we are not in the water, if we're not getting that rain, then we're going to look like the dead sticks. And so be in God's Word. You have no excuse for drying out. Okay? So, so God's Word is compared to the rain. Uh, he, so will be my Word which goes out from my mouth. It will not return to be empty without accomplishing what I desire and without uh, succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. For as the rain, I'm back, going backwards. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it pr produce and sprout, providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will be my word. Right? God's word, he says, will be effective. You know, rain cannot fail to water the earth. It, it, if the, I mean, you can, you can, and if you are inclined to argue, you can say, well, you know, it can be so hot and the rain falls light and it can evaporate before it hits the earth. Okay, smart Alec. <laughs> I, I will acknowledge that can happen, right? Especially in the summer when it's 115 degrees during vacation Bible school. Okay, uh, I, I will acknowledge that can happen, but that's not the rain he's talking about here. Okay, so so let's just you know throw your smart alecky argument aside. Uh, those are not the raindrops God's word is being compared to, uh, as the earth, as the rain makes the earth produce and sprout, and the earth has no choice. But to sprout, now what it sprouts, 
That might be up to you. You know, what, what it produces, that, that's up to what is on the earth, but, but it, it cannot help but produce. And, and, and what the earth produces will vary, right? Your garden will produce one thing. Your lawn will produce another. The farmer's field will produce another. And the maple tree will produce another, right? Each one of these things is producing according to what it is, but it is producing as it receives the water that comes down. It cannot help it, right? The open prairie is going to do another thing. And the desert, I've, I've never personally seen the desert after a, a, a rainstorm, but I've heard about it and how, yeah, and, and how you see people who have the advantage, and it's like, wow, it cannot help it. It, it looks dead one minute and one day, and how many days later before it's the next day? It, the earth has no choice. It's been watered. It must produce, right? It's going to happen. The earth produces when it rains, and, and he doesn't just talk about rain, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and that's, that's not just a, a thing like, you know, here we would say rain and snow because guess what? We get rain and snow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a common thing. Snow was not that common there. They, occasionally it snows in the Holy Land. They will talk about the snows of Herm, Hermon or Hermon, the mountain uh, north and, and east of, of Israel that, that essentially water for, is the water source for the Jordan River. And, and, and they, they, you can see snow there. It's kind of like you're driving to Spokane. You can see snow on Mount Spokane. Uh, only Mount Hermon is a, a bigger mountain and, and, and such. But, but uh, you, you, they would see the snow and they talk about it. So they knew about snow in a largely theoretical sense, not really knowing what snow is like we do, but, but snow is different from rain. You say, duh. <laughs> okay, but, but how is it different in effect? Well, the difference in effect is that it produces, it falls now and it produces later, right? It doesn't produce immediately right now unless you're a skier <laughs> and you're looking for fun, but, but it produces now and it has its effect later on. And God's word is compared to both rain and snow. And I think that's, that is so important for us to grasp as we start talking about God's word will be effective. We will not always see God's word be effective the next day, right? Sometimes we will have that privilege and joy of seeing God's word take effect and make a difference quickly. But more often, it's like it seems to be more like snow. But God gives us his promise, his word will be effective, and, and snow is mentioned. And it is very intentional that snow is mentioned there. It's not coincidental like we might say rain and snow, because we just say, well, yeah, we get rain and snow. For them, it was not like that. It had to be intentional for them to mention the snow. Rain produces a media effect. Snow can pay off uh, sometimes years later. You know, depending on the glacier it falls on. Uh, you know, uh, it's an important lesson. Not all results will be immediate, but look at the passage. All results are guaranteed. doesn't say, by the way, all results we want, but it says everything he wants to do from it. And like rain, God's word produces results. Just as rain cannot fail to bring growth, so God's word cannot fail to produce results. Provide, it says he provides seed for the sower and bread to the eater. And that is, you go, well, that's an interesting thing because the one guy, he's, he's planting the bread or the, the wheat that's going to produce the bread. And the other guy, for him, he gets to eat it. <laughs> it's like, well, that is, and it's different phases along the thing. And it, it can see so different. I, and I think he's again sharing something very specific. Bread to the sower, seed to the sower, bread to the eater, is that it is both the, ready for a little Dr. Seuss here? It is the tool and the fuel. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is what you use to produce the results, and it is the result, uh, the, the, the fuel for the people. Uh, right now, I'm a sower. 
You know, right now in this group, I am the sower. I'm, I'm sowing. What am I sowing? What am I planting? I'm planting God's word, right? The rain produces fuel, or the so, God's word in this case, produces, produces the tool to spread with. And you guys, if I'm doing a good job, are getting some bread, right? You're, you're getting to, to eat and take something in. And then, but, but it doesn't mean that's the way it's always going to be because you're going to go out into the real world in about a half hour <laughs> or less, right? And you're going to encounter people. And you might very well find yourself, yourself being the sower. And someone else is the eater, right? And, and, and so you come in, you come in for, for this hour and a half on, on Sunday, and you get hopefully fed. <laughs> and then you go out and you become the feeder for the whole. You know, I work one hour a week and you guys work all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm the one who gets paid. This is such a racket. I want to tell you guys. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, so it works. It's producing bread for the or seed for the sower, bread for the eater. And, and, but here's the thing: is we are not in control of the results. It says, "So will be. So will my word be, which goes out from my mouth." It will not return to me empty without accomplishing with what I desire, without succeeding in the purpose for which I send. And we find that God is the sender of the word. So let's, let's take this for a minute and apply it to, to a message like this one, right? What are the results? Now, I have an intended result from this message, right? Uh, believe it or not, when, when, when I come to the pulpit, and most pastors do, when they come to the pulpit, they have what they see as what they want people to walk, the, the one big truth or, or application that they want people to walk away from. Okay. Now, my intended message in the, my intended purpose in this message is for you to have confidence to share God's word. Confidence that God will work through what you share and make a difference. That's, that's what I see as the big application from this. And that's, that's, just in case you didn't get that, you now have it. Okay. Now I can, I, can I go now? <laughs> Do I have to wait around? Okay. But here's the thing. Uh, It doesn't say accomplishing what I desire. It says what he desires. It doesn't say the purpose for which I send it. It's what he sent. So, so here's, here's what I want to say. I'm afraid I'm going to say this wrong. Um, there are some of you here right now who are sitting there looking like you're paying attention. And it's not that you're not paying attention, but there's something I said that caught your attention, and you're chewing on it. Chewing on it's a really good metaphor for this because it has to do with eating, right? And, and, and if, at least if you function like I do when I'm listening to a message, when I'm the sitter and not the stander, <laughs> and I'm listening to a message, it's, it's very common for my mind to go off on a rabbit trail. And what the rabbit trail is is a personal uh, application of something that was said. And I'm wandering through what that means to me, how it affects me. Am I the only one that ever does that? I, I'm assuming, and some of you are sitting there going, maybe if I hear this on, on tape, I'll, I'll be able to catch up with what he's saying because I've been somewhere else right now, right? And because, because we do that. And, and as far as I'm concerned, that is, that is right and proper. I don't feel guilty when I do that because, in fact, what it tells me is that guy's message, God is using it to speak to me personally. And so he's got an intent for me that, 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 that may be different from the intent for you. And he is working through that word that is falling like rain, and he is sowing in each of us according to our needs. And for one, it's like a grain of wheat to produce uh, a, a grain of, of wheat to produce flour. And for another one, it's a it's a, a 
um, an oak tree to produce acorns, and another one, it's a, a rose bush to, to produce the other kind of flower, right? And, and, and he has purposes in each one of us that he, he is growing us. We are individuals. We are, we are different points in our growth. We are at different stages. We are have di- facing different challenges. We have different questions. And he is working through his word. He's promising it won't return void. It will accomplish what he intends for it. Not necessarily what I intend for it. Not necessarily what you intend for it. But he is working through it. And if you have been rabbit trailing, you're proving my point. Unless your rabbit trail is off on some way weird tangent. <laughs> And, and you have no excuse for where your brain has been. <laughs> okay. Um, because we work that way. And I believe that is God using his word to accomplish his will in you. Uh, I think that is, is consistent with what we're seeing here. And, and, and this, is, this is almost a side note, but, but I want you to see the science in this passage. Just because it is profound that the Bible contains this. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, And he says it waters the earth and it returns. And this is what we call the water cycle. And if you Google the water cycle, you'll find the water cycle. And it explains that water falls, it feeds the earth, it evaporates, and it goes back up. And this is considered science. And in the ancient times, 700 B.C., when this book was written, they weren't supposed to understand that. (laughs) They were not scientific enough. The Bible is thought to be some kind of a mysterious, hooky magic book. And what we find is the Bible uh, alone, really, among ancient writings, uh, is especially ancient religious writings, is, is not only a religious book, but when it, ta- when it speaks of science, it speaks accurately. It gets it right in things like the water cycle and cosmology and all those kinds of things. And, and, and the scientists look at it and go, well, they have a different way of saying it, but yeah, that's right. And so, so the, just, but, but he, and he's not doing it just to say, look, the Bible can speak science. He's using it as an illustration of what his word does. So will be my word, which goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the purpose of, for which I sent it. So God's word, after it comes down and feeds and nourishes us, returns to him. You go, wow, how, what, what, what does that mean? In what form does God's word return to him? And, and, and I don't. No, <laughs> right? I, I can't say for sure it is. What does it return with? And, and my thought is it must be the fruit it is produced that is returning to him. And it returns to him in the form of praise, and it returns to him in the form of prayer, and it returns to him in the form of faith, and it returns to him in the form of good deeds. And whatever other things that word produces, it's like we see it down here, but in a very real sense, it's returning to him. Which is, again, it's a very powerful statement about the rewards in our lives that are going on as God's work works in us and changes us. And God is looking at that, and he is keeping it. It's returning to him, right? And by the way, he doesn't, he's not like the clouds that needs it to return to him so he can have more to give. Oh, good, I'm glad some's returning because I was getting dry. <laughs> right? God is not like that. The clouds are like that. They need the science to keep it going. God does not need that. But it is returning to him, and it is nourishing to him. And even though God's word is given here on earth, it returns to where it belongs, which is with him in heaven. God's word is spiritual. The fruit it produces is spiritual, and it ends up in the spiritual heaven with God above. Rain is physical. It produces physical fruit. God is spiritual. He produces, his word produces spiritual fruit. So with knowing that, we should have confidence in using God's word. It is not our word. When you share God's word, you are not sharing your word, but his. Okay. Sometimes some people say things to me that are supposed to be compliments. 
And I feel exposed when people say, and one of the things people have said is they like how I am bold with the word of God. I want you to know I am an utter coward. I, I am not bold with the word of God. I hide behind the word of God. Because it, 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 if, I, if I am up here and I'm sharing my opinion and I mess up, you meet me at the door, you really blew it this time, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and, and I know you, you'll tell me. <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> I, I, and by the way, I appreciate that. Uh, as, as We should have a body that if the pastor up front messes up, you call him on it. But, but, and, and I know my profound ability to mess up. So what do I, I hide behind the word of God because it's right. And, and I've, I've had this conversation literally at the door where someone says, says but what about this? And specifically, I'm thinking of, of a conversation I had about the issue of child discipline. And the guy's saying, well, you're wrong because of this is, and he's quoting me psychiatry. And I said, but the Bible says this. And he says, but this, this, this. He says, we know better now. I said, but the Bible says this. And finally, and he wouldn't let it go. Finally, I said, what part of the scripture did I get wrong? And what I'm hiding behind the Bible, right? I am not bold. I'm a coward. <laughs> and the Bible is my defense. The Bible, the Bible is my protector. It is God. I'm, I'm behind God's word. As long as I am squarely behind God's word, I do not fear your disagreement, right? If I am not squarely behind God's word and you disagree, then maybe I have stepped into that realm of error. People have done that plenty of time. But God's word is, is my protection. Your word may be right. My word may be right. But God's word is always right. Okay? Uh, how, many, how many comparisons can we make? Right? It's, it's just, it, his is right. Mine is, I have the ability to be wrong. I proved it that one time. <laughs> I knew someone would laugh. Thank you, John. <laughs> uh, our confidence is that God's word is his word and that his word will produce results. You know, walking through this world and looking at the results that we see with our eyes can be the most discouraging thing ever. Because you will see at least as many failures. I, I, failures isn't the word I want. As many disappointments as successes. I, I think, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think of Awana. I've been doing Awana since the mid-80s. I've run into to kids who are now adults who once upon a time were awesome kids at Awana, and they're just not wa walking with Christ anymore. And they don't see it. I remember a kid once, I was, I was somewhere I was wearing an Awana shirt, and he says, oh, Awana, I was in Awana. I, I said, really? He says, yeah, I was Clubber of the Month. I said, cool, tell me John 3.16. He goes, what? <laughs> and, and you just go, oh. And, and if you just look at the results, and, and by the way, there are awesome stories too. I have some of those. There's a girl named Carly Brown. You asked me about her sometime else. It's easy. It's funny because I couldn't remember the other day, but think Charlie Brown. You know, <laughs> her name is Carly. Was Carly Brown, and, and and it was where I stumbled across her years later, and there she was serving Christ. It was just like, oh wow, that's so awesome. Uh, James Britton, he's another one. Uh, but anyway, um, so you see the stories that work out positive, and, and you hang on to those. 
Because sometimes you do not see the results that you want. And sometimes if you just look at the results that you can see with your eyes, you say, why, do, why am I bothering? Why am I going to the work? Why am I spending the time? Why am I spending the money to do this when I am not seeing the results? And the answer is right here. So will be my word which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. And God says, you may not see it, but you don't know the purpose I sent it for. He, God has a purpose, and as we share his word, he is working out his purpose through us. And we need to be ready to be used and not quit. Not be discouraged, not give up. Discouragements happen. If you, are, if you never get discouraged serving God, then you have not served God much, right? Because the more you serve God, the more times you find out, this doesn't feel, I feel like I'm beating my head against a rock, right? Uh, we may not see the results. They produce according to His will, not ours. They produce according to His timing, not ours. And we don't know when that snow is going to melt into the, to the ground and produce the aquifer and come up and... and you know, nourish the ground. We, we don't know when it's going to do that. It does it according to his. But he says it will. And this is a promise. It's one of those things that came down from heaven. It's not something that someone figured out. It's not wishful thinking. It is a promise from God that it will. I want you to look ahead a little bit. Uh, I, I, verses 12 and 13 and this chapter. And, and it, it, again, it seems to be a little bit like, what is going on with this? For you will go out with joy. And be led, I want to say led forth in peace, for they will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. Some of you have no idea what I'm doing. How long was it the 80s that stuff came out? Yeah, yeah, the 80s. All of you who are Christians in the 80s and saying that stuff, yeah, we rock. Uh, anyway, for you will go out with joy and be led in peace. The mountains and the hills will break into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the juniper will come up. Instead of the stinging nettle, the myrtle will come up. Myrtle, by the way, is a tree we don't have here, I think. Many people don't, but it's a beautiful blooming tree. It's a beautiful flowering tree. Uh, and, uh, and it will be a memorial to the Lord, an everlasting sign which will not be eliminated. And you go... Well, there's another change. No, he's not. He's, he's, he's giving an illustration of, the, of, of why you don't give up. Because Israel at this t time, when Isaiah is writing this, is in a stage or a cycle of nettles, is, is in a cycle of, of uh, thorn bushes, right? And he says, my word will not return void. It will be like water uh, rain watering the grass. It will come back and it will bear fruit. They are to illustrate what has just been said. This will happen. And not only is it going to happen, it's not going to happen, these are not going to happen in their cycle and then be gone again. You know, we live in a world where things seem cyclical, but there's an end to that. And the end is not at this point of the cycle, and not at this point of the cycle, and not at this point of the cycle. I think the end is right here at the top, except I want to make it just before the top, so that you're still ascending. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes off on that tangent. I mean, I, I don't know. We're talking about eternal things that we can't do. But he's illustrating something. Uh, there are things that were not happening at that time, but were going to happen. Because God's word was coming. God's word is coming out of his mouth. He is doing these things. And these are promises that God's word will bear fruit and that the fruit will be eternal. And discouraging today or not, it is worth 
serving God and proclaiming his word to others because it will come back productive. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I praise you for how good you are. I praise you for promises like this, Father, because it can get discouraging seeking to serve you. Lord, we can get frustrated and want to give up and say, what's the point? And I ask that you let us remember always that, that, that your word is fruitful and productive and, and that the fruit will last. Lord, let us serve you and be faithful when it's hard. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.